At 1 p.m. HST, I know where I will be. Ukulele Underground Podcast for you and me. Aldrin and Erin and Kahai. And maybe Magic Mike or a guest on the fly. Ukulele Underground Podcast. Now here's the guys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ukulele Underground Podcast. My name is Aldrin Guerrero. Joining me are Mr. Aaron, the voice Nakamura, say what's up, Aaron. What's up? And Kahai, the legend, Fergan, say what's up, Kahai. What's up? The boys are here. We're uh, we're in the same room for a podcast for once in the past like three, four weeks. So I, this is really nice to sit here and talk story with you folks. Uh, but today we were supposed to uh, take take a take a bite out of this amazing limited edition figgy pudding spam. This was today's the, the what was on the agenda today, but something else came up that is way more delicious. <laughs> and that's something that I couldn't pass up. Someone uh, that, that I'm in a Mario Kart ukulele group with. And it's, don't, don't even laugh, this is the coolest thing happening right now. <laughs> it, is, it is seriously one of the coolest things happening in, a, in, in my ukulele circle. But um, I realized that I've been friends with this person for over a decade and have not had her on our podcast yet and have not collaborated i think ukulele underground wise so i'm like this this has to stop <laughs> we have to have you on ukulele underground talk about you talk about all your accolades talk about what you're up to and uh and yeah and and see if you know we can uh, we can have you on help out our audience so let's not waste any more time our special guest for today the very very decorated amazing ukulele player miss Brittany paiva thank hey. you What's up, Brittany? How's it going? It's great. Okay, two things. Okay, first of yes. all, I have two cans of figgy pudding spam in my cabinet that I haven't tried what? yet. <laughs> oh, I've been meaning to. We could have, yeah. yeah. Uh, totally we, we felt bad because we we're like, what yeah. are we gonna do? Just eat it while Brittany just <laughs> watches us <laughs> eat it. Oh, we totally oh. should have done that. Oh. <laughs> we totally could have. We should have planned this out a lot better because it was really just yesterday. Mm. I'm like, hey, Brittany, what are you, what are you doing tomorrow at one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you want to yeah. come on our podcast? So next week we'll do it. We'll come back and yeah. Brittany will come back again. Yes. And do. Figgy pudding Yeah, just for we the taste testing. Yeah. We, us too. Like somebody, we don't even know still who gave it to us. Somebody sent it to us because uh, uh, they bought it off of eBay mm-hmm. and then like sent it to this address. So the, the address back is uh, the eBay address of whoever they bought it from. So we still don't know who gave us this <laughs> figgy pudding spam. We talked about it once on the podcast and they're like, oh, here, go try it, guys. So I, I want to know if you're out there, please, please email us because we'd like to we'd like to thank you or send you something nice because this is awesome. OK, so. We have Brittany Pivey here. So, Brittany, for, for those people living on the rock who don't know who you are, um, why, don't you, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> All right. Um, my name is Brittany Piva, obviously. Um, I've been playing ukulele for two, third, wait, 22 <laughs> years, something like that. <laughs> um, my first album came out in uh, 2004, and in 2005, I won my first Hoku Award for it. Um, and then over the years, I just kind of, you know, learned guitar, bass, piano. Well, actually, piano was my first instrument. Um, guitar, bass, and drums. Uh, I started getting into music production. So that's kind of uh, what I split my time with now, along with ukulele. Um, and yeah, so I performed with uh, people like Tommy Emanuel, Carlos Santana. Um, I've worked with people like Tom Scott, Michael McDonald from the Doobie Brothers. Uh, yeah. Lots of wow. people. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think we could spend this whole <laughs> this whole podcast just talking about your accolades. Like that's how much. Like how, we were talking yesterday. Like I, other than Jake, which doesn't count. <laughs> I, I don't know anyone else who has more Hoku awards than than Britney. Because like yeah, she started in two t- two thousand. Very OG. Like I think you were like a teenager when mm-hmm. uh, when when you first released your album. And I remember seeing that. It's like Britney X three. I'm like oh snaps playing ukulele, guitar, and bass on that album. Uh-huh. And uh, and that won a Hoku. And, and you were like a teenager winning hokus so like since then you have not stopped winning hokus so how many do you have so i i only have three i have a Whoa. many i have many nominations over the years but um okay. yeah i got three so they're sitting you know in my studio uh nice yeah <laughs> I, 
yeah. I, I just like the casual throw out like oh yeah Tommy Emmanuel Santana <laughs> I just have three hokus like it's, God, like it's nothing it's like, yeah whatever just just those guys you know yeah. to Aldrin, name a few Aldrain has a, a twelfth of a hoku <laughs> yeah, I have a twelfth yeah. of a hoku so, I share it with you I think. getting yeah. getting because yeah. uh, getting the there Island Style Ukulele Volume 2 we won the uh, uh-huh. um, al- uh, compilation album of the year so we actually share a hoku together I think. that's right we do you're on that album right yeah yeah, yeah two and did, three the Lilo and Stitch song. Yes. Yeah. Wine roller coaster ride. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what I I I, uh, I tell my audience every time I play. I'm like, I want one. I want twelfth of a hoku for, <laughs> for that song, dancing in the moonlight. <laughs> but yeah. So, and speaking of hokus, we were just talking about this also. Um, I think the best one for me, like uh, your your best hoku win was um, was for an album, and uh, and it was the year. That Kalei Gamiao was that uh, was was nominated. Mm-hmm. Taimani Gardner was nominated, and one Jake Shimabukuro mm-hmm. was nominated for. So that was Ukulele Album of the Year. Yes, yeah. and it was like, and when when they called her name, we're like, oh my god, because <laughs> Kalei and I were like, we're texting, we're like, Jake's gonna win, like obviously, right? That was right, the one right. where like it was Grand Ukulele, I think, and he recorded over at Abbey Road Studios. Yeah, or yeah. it's kind of not fair, right? I'm like, come on, this is obvious. Yeah, and I was then, like, I was honestly uh, just like sitting there at the table, just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> like I know Jake's gonna win, so I'm gonna go up and talk stories with him after and hold his hoku as if I right. want it. And they called my name, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I all the, the only thing I remember is as Kalei texting me like Britney slayed the dragon. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Oh my God, Britney slayed the dragon. Like, oh, oh, here's one for us normies, you know, like that don't get to record at Abbey Road Studios. She won one. Yeah. So, Long yeah. live the king. <laughs> it was amazing. That was that was my favorite one of yours. That that uh, that, that comes you. to mind. It was. It was great. I mean, you've you've been you know you've been a, a huge advocate for ukulele playing um, and for uh, for ukulele teaching because I've you know uh, Aaron and I and Kahai and stuff with through ukulele on the ground. We you know we've gone out, we've taught people, we've done shows and we've done tours and stuff. But you've been doing that like for even longer than us. So like, how long have you been out on the road and doing these things? Um, I think pretty much since my first album came out in '04. So I think. Crazy. I think maybe towards the latter part of 04 until mm-hmm. 05 is when I mm-hmm. really started traveling and everything. So um, now, you know, being that I've kind of done that and I, I still, I'm still going to do it, you know, here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I want to give back to my ukulele community and I want to help, yeah. you know, other artists mm-hmm. get out there in the same way that they've, you know, previous artists have helped me. So nice. I, now I do like a, a lot of uh, audio production, music production. I do uh, film scoring. Um, I do like a, a bunch of things in the studio, which I just have the best time, like rolling out of bed, Aww. still in my PJs and <laughs> sitting in my chair for the entire day. <laughs> it's great. Nice, nice. Any, uh, any, any future projects and stuff that, that like uh, that, that you're working on? Any cool like movies? Any Marvel movies that you're doing? <laughs> no, no Marvel, Marvel movies yet. But um, I've been doing a lot of uh, composition. You know, writing my own stuff. Um, and just kind of there, there's a balance that you need to have. Uh, yeah. You know, when you're an artist that's recording their themselves. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's easy when you go to the studio because you have somebody telling you, okay, yeah, take was good, you know, let's move on. But when you're doing it yourself, it's like, you know, you have to tell yourself that was good enough. And as artists, that mm. never is going to happen. Right, right. So, yeah, it's, it's just kind of, you know, trying to find that balance with myself. Um, most of the time... I'll have, you know, my girlfriend come in and listen to what I did mm. because she has normal people ears. I do not. <laughs> I have musician ears. So I'll, I'll ask her, be like, hey, you know, does this sound good? She's like, yeah, it sounds really good. I'll be like, okay, I'll keep that. Maybe like I'll fix something here, but okay, it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, speaking of ears, you you have like like perfect pitch or relative pitch or something. You were like, you're perfect kind of pitch, incredible yeah. with your ear. Yeah. Yeah. You have perfect pitch. Yeah. I remember Kalei telling me, 
and uh, and I'm like, oh, like I've I've heard of that. I've, I, I thought mm. that was like a myth and stuff, but yeah, I saw it. Like I saw it in person. I think when we uh, when we met up over in a Reno Ukulele Festival, I'm like, <laughs> do you really have this? And I remember it was a uh, it was me, you, um, and a bunch of the other ukulele you know ukulele artists mm. at, at at Reno. It was like James Hill and you know and all those people. And then right. and I remember we're like, what chord is this? And I'm like looking away and I'm playing. She's like, it's this chord with these notes. I'm like, oh snap. <laughs> She has the gift. <laughs> we, yeah, we have a question related to that. Sure. Uh, so Genevieve asked, uh, uh, how did you know that you have perfect pitch? Mm, good um, congrats on becoming a Kanilea artist. Too. Thank oh, you. Yeah, I'm going to bring that up in a bit. <laughs> um, let's see. I think um, I think I figured that out when I was uh, you know, still taking piano lessons at a really young age. And my piano teacher... I don't really know exactly what I, I don't remember what was said, obviously, but <laughs> that was so long ago. But I think, um, you know, something was brought up to my parents that, you know, Brittany can identify the tone of each note and like she doesn't have to look at which key is being pressed. So that was kind of when it was established. And uh, over the years, I've learned how to use that to my advantage in, you know, learning songs and, uh, you know, figuring out melodies uh, on the fly, basically. Wow! Like how, how how well do you do? Say you go to like a uh, like like a um, like a high school recital or like a high school ukulele band where like they're all off to. You know? <laughs> how how do you handle a situation like that? Um, I think. <laughs> uh, mm. sorry, put you on the spot. <laughs> I think I think okay. Funny. <laughs> I think over over the years I've learned to not walk out because I think people <laughs> like there's so many talent <laughs> talented people and you know that you know being a younger Britney you know I didn't understand that you know you you how your ukulele was tuned or if it was in mm. tune dictates you know how well of a player you are so mm. you know over the years I've learned like okay I need to put aside you know this thing that sounds like nails on a chalkboard to me <laughs> and then just really like examine you know the player themselves and mm. figure out like how's their technique um you mm. know how's their creativity what are they playing what are they mm. kind of focusing on when they're playing so mm. yeah yeah i think just with ukulele in general i mean no matter how how good you are like uh ukuleles are just finicky instruments you know they're they're gonna go off to and i mean mm. you could be in a cold room it'll go off to it could be right. in a warm room be outside be inside there's all these like little factors mm -hmm. and stuff so i've always been like so interested in people with perfect pitch to like how like how does one <laughs> deal with, with something like that because mm -hmm. that, that must you know like that's like that itch that you want to you want to scratch but you just can't reach You're like oh i guess it'll mm -hmm. just itch you know yeah it's, <laughs> it's I, honestly I a curse <laughs> <laughs> I think the years you've learned how to turn it off, right? You yeah, know, like, yeah. So you don't have to kind of think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we you know mo moving on to our next topic. Genevieve has brought it up. Congratulations on being a Kanilea artist. Thank Yay. you. I'm super excited. Tell us about the Kanilea um, endorsement. So um, it actually kind of started at uh, one o'clock in the morning with a message to Lena. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, I didn't expect her, you know, to write back right away, but she did. And, uh, Many good stories start out that way. <laughs> yes, totally. So I asked her, Hey, um, is Kanilea, you know, looking for a new artist? And she's like, Oh my gosh, yes, please say it's you. Please say it's you. I believe Lena's also tuning in right now too. Uh, but yeah, so it kind of just went from there and, um, you know, I went to the Kaneo His store a few days later, talked to Lena and Kaimana and, um, I just feel really at home with Kanilea and, you know, the energy that I feel and I've always felt from the instruments themselves. Um, it's just something that I, I want a part of me and I want a part of my career. So, I mean, you've, you've played, you play them all at this point, mm. you know, like, cause you, you've, uh, you've been a Kolo artist, so you know, like the, uh, the characteristics of the sound of a Kolo, huh? mm -hmm. and you've been a kind of Kamaka artist and, you know, you, you, for a short time, you were like, uh, you're playing on your Nui Nui mm -hmm. and you have, I mean, I'm sure you've played thousands of other ukuleles mm -hmm. in the pet, just played them, you know? Right. Uh, so what kind of gravitated you towards the Kanilea sound? Um, I, I think it was just like how articulate the sound really is it's super clear you know every single you having having done the ukulele site podcast you know for a number of years and playing all of these different instruments that come through um 
the Kanilea ukulele is just like, there's so much clear tone and sustain. And, um, mm. you know, I can go on and on about just how pristine it sounds. And, mm. you know, that was one thing, you know, sonically that I was attracted me to their, to their ukes, but it wasn't until, um, I was filming, uh, Craig and Sarah's backyard concert, which is actually airing on Sunday. Um, I used one of their ukes for one of my songs. And mm. when I picked up that uke, the, that was when that was kind of like the, the, the tipping point for me, you know, just how much energy and like positive, I don't know, positive vibes I was coming through, <laughs> you know, that's, that was like, yeah, okay, I need to make a decision here. Nice. So, uh, well, which one are you playing now? Or, or uh, are you going to be playing that for a while? Or do you have one in the works? I have one in the works. Um, I'm still okay. trying to decide on um, what I want it to look like. I have mm -hmm. many different directions that I could go, but I think mm -hmm. I'm going to pick out my woods first before I decide on the, uh, you mm -hmm. know, like the rosette and everything. Um, nice. So right now I'm playing the KPA uh, Premium. And nice. uh, yeah, it's going to be my foster child until my custom is ready. <laughs> any uh, any insight any in, in, insider tidbit on like the wood combination because we we want to know like if because mm. right now it's like here's you know here's a catalog of stuff that you can have for your custom-made britney paiva kanile ukulele like what because you have you know access to all that the whole catalog what do you pick like what what does someone like you mm -hmm. pick for their instrument um i'm definitely a traditionalist when it comes to mm -hmm. uh you know soundboard and back and sides i love koa so nice. i'm i think that's going to be where i'm going with that um a couple of the different woods i was looking at uh is like tulip wood for rosette um mm. something that i haven't really seen on an ukulele before um mm. and i think there was a spalted chestnut oak as well mm. wow. so we'll wow. see there, there's a lot of exotic woods that i've been kind of looking at <laughs> Uh, so yeah. I, I, I need to, I need to select my koa first and then yeah. kind of figure out <laughs> where I'm going. Yeah, the Kanilea factory is like Willy Wonka's factory, especially if you mm -hmm. go check out like Uncle Joe's like wood stash, you know, it's like, uh -huh. oh, here's like, you know, here's the, the wood yeah. stash for you to pick from. It's like, oh my God, come with me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. In a world full of koa trees. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, uh, yeah, I'm kind of like, what is, what is someone? Because, you know, because um, mm -hmm. I go there now and I'm just like, that one, that one, that one, that one. They're like, dude, you have like 10 kind of ukes. We're not going to make another one. <laughs> so I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so someone journal. like you who's like, you know, the, the door is open now. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do you, what do you pick? Like from that, from that candy store, if you could, because you can only really walk out with one mm -hmm. for now, you know? Right. So it's like, which piece of candy do you walk out with? Everlasting gobstopper, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then Uncle Joe is going to stop you and be like, you lose! <laughs> you <win nothing. laughs> Good day, sir! <laughs> gotta, gotta keep it up. <laughs> right on. Um, so, um, with, uh, with, with, someone, with someone of your caliber, right? Mm -hmm. um, I... We rarely get a Logi player on this podcast, so I I got I gotta ask these things. Why the Logi? Okay, well actually, I do or have been playing a high G, also. Ooh, okay. So uh, so Craig is definitely very happy about that. He he gives me so much <laughs> crap about playing Logi. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, but I I like the Logi as an option. Um, just to have. You know that low end um especially since i'm a very mm -hmm. percussive player um i like to be able to have you know like a tiny little bass line here and there uh mm -hmm. yeah and then just like you know even if i don't you know play that low string outright when i do like a percussive hit on it it still fills up mm -hmm. that you know lower frequency gap Right. So it's not, you know, so in your face, but it's it's there and you can you can tell the difference if I were to play the same thing on a high G. Mm. So what's what's kind of gravitating you towards the high G now? The fact that it's a completely different way of playing. You you have to approach it very differently than you than you would mm -hmm. with low G. So I tend to keep um the low G more toward, you know, the finger style, you know way of playing right. and I strum more with high G but it's been a really mm -hmm. fun challenge for me because so many people play high G and so many people strum with high G so how am I gonna mm -hmm. turn the sound that I've created with low G into something that's not like everybody mm -hmm. else with high G so it's been a lot of fun 
<laughs> so like what are what are some songs that you used to play in on low G and then you're playing it with high G now and you're like, oh man, that sounds like a completely different song because there's these different voicings that that, that you're using mm. or, or have you done anything like that yet? Yeah, somewhere over the rainbow for sure. Mm. Yeah, it's been it's yeah, been pretty like, interesting. Yeah, it's like a really old clip of you like at a, at a show mm -hmm. um, back in maybe like to 04, 05 or something. Yeah. Where yeah. Like you're playing Somewhere Over the Rain, one of my favorite videos, you know, of yours. And it's like it, the, the sound from, uh, you know, from, from that ukulele and the audio back then was not that great. Mm -hmm. But I think it was just your attack. And um, and your attack is like one of the one of the cleanest attacks I've, I've ever Thank heard. You. Because uh, and I. I, I talk a lot about Herb Ota Jr. and mm -hmm. his attack and his tone being like one of the most beautiful, you know, that I've heard. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, uh, I, I, I think you studied under him and I think it's, he, he would be proud, you know, to to know that you kind of inherited that same mm -hmm. tone that, that he did. So tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of crafting that tone and and, and how how long did it take for you to get a good tone? I'm sure you're still working on it and stuff mm -hmm. now, you know, because it's, it's we're, we're never satisfied with what we have, but sure. what you do have currently i feel like a lot of people including myself are like, like how do you how do you do that <laughs> thank how, you how do you play that well um well herb was actually one of my main inspirations for playing ukulele uh you know back in the early 2000s jake was playing with pure heart so you had uh you know you had your jake crowd and you had your herb crowd ah. and <laughs> i was part of the herb crowd of course and yeah. you know people would always ask me like why herb and not jake and I said, well, it's not that I didn't listen to Jake or don't like Jake's music, but I really admired the clean simplicity of Herb's playing. So that's kind of what I, you know, what I did is I just learned his stuff and tried to play it as close as I could to how he played it. And from there, I, you know, through the course of learning all these other songs, that's how I came up with my style. Um, for me, tone is a really important part of what I do. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like if your tone is clean, you can convey more emotion through that, yes. through what you play. And, you know, if I'm filling in all the gaps with all these, you know, really fast things, I don't feel like mm -hmm. I'm conveying the right, you know, feeling. So, mm -hmm. yeah, just having that clean tone allows me to, to, you know, whether I'm doing like a really fast tremolo, the, the tone is clean. So more can come through that way. Yeah, and, and a lot of people don't realize that most of the time, like the slower tunes are actually a lot harder mm -hmm. than like than the fast songs. Because if you know, if you have to make that one note last, I don't know, half a measure to a full measure, mm -hmm. that better be a good note. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can't just like play that, you know, play that note whatever, you mm -hmm. know? Because uh if you're playing a fast song, you can play that note whatever, because the next note is coming right after it, and the audience right. is not gonna latch on to that. But if you know, like like when you're playing somewhere over the rainbow uh -huh. like those first two notes people are like you better get those two first <laughs> yeah. two notes clean you right know? and uh yeah it's very 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 difficult and and one of the things i respect about your playing is that yeah just the cleanest and and, and purest Thank attacks you. coming from that that school of ota, <laughs> ota jr <laughs> i hope like now it's like why don't you like jake it's like well who has the hoku who, who got the hoku <laughs> Nia, yeah, remind you. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Abby, Abby Rose Studios couldn't stop Brittany Piva. <laughs> oh, be so fun to record there, though. Uh, that would be I was amazing. Joking around that, like that, that that she should just wear that shirt, you know, where like I beat I beat Jake Clay and Taiwan or something. Like that. <laughs> I can't wear like, that with a clean conscience or clear conscience. I can't. <laughs> I was like, just pretend I'm Brittany Paiva. That's you, why I'm wearing the shirt. You know what? I just I remembered that video, that video that you guys did where you, everybody had to impersonate um, oh, yeah, an yeah. artist. Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe we'll do a round two with yeah we'll do, with do you it and, yeah we'll, yeah yeah when ne the next time we're in Oahu because a lot of you folks are there we got mm -hmm. we got to do another one of those like guess the Duke player. <laughs> yeah yeah. Okay, so um, let's, let's turn to the audience because we're live right now. So the audience can definitely type in the chat if you have a question for, for Brittany or just a mm -hmm. question in general. Kahai, do we have any? Yeah, uh, we got one earlier in the week and it's from Chris and Sue. And they said, could you please discuss everything we need to know about traveling by air with our ukuleles? Oh. Cases, size restriction, tenor versus baritone, care and handling, etc. 
perfect. This that's to to a person who's been traveling for about twenty years. <laughs> so please enlighten us about about traveling within the globe. For sure. Um, okay, so traveling. Um, fortunately, now uh, I. I believe like 10 years ago or so, there was a law that was signed uh, into effect where instruments are now viewed uh, as carry-on luggage. So you could have your backpack or your purse or whatever and your instrument um, if it's in like a soft case. And it's, you know, first come, first serve like any other piece of carry-on luggage. So um, that's the good thing is that they can't tell you that it has to go, you know, into baggage. We don't want that. Um, so I would recommend traveling with a soft case, but something that's still padded enough where, you know, if other people put their stuff up, it won't get crushed. Um, I personally use the uh, Fusion gig bags, and I, I absolutely love them. Uh, so there's that. Uh, definitely use a humidifier in your case during the travel because airplanes are very dry. Um, so that'll help, you know, kind of keep things a little more stable within your case. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Just whatever you do, don't put it in a hard case and risk having to put it <laughs> under the plane. That would be <laughs> disastrous. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so those those fusing, fusion cases and mm -hmm. stuff, they're, they're they're pretty they're pretty bulky. Like, so you could pretty much store like your wires and stuff like mm -hmm. inside. So do you do you recommend like putting everything in one place, or do you recommend like just your uke and then having your wires and pedals on like on a different luggage? Okay, so um, when I'm traveling inter island, it's not so bad, um, just because you know a lot of musicians travel inter island here and you know the security is very used to like what they travel with and they kind of know you know that sort of thing right. um but if you're traveling you know far dis distances overseas or to the US mainland i recommend um if you don't want to risk having you know your stuff or having to take everything out of your case uh having mm -hmm. you know whatever non essentials in your luggage um, I always send my pedals through in my regular luggage instead of carrying them on because, you know, first they're heavy and, you know, it just takes extra time if the security line is long and they have to check your bag and send everything yeah. back through. So, um, yeah, whatever non-essentials, I just send it through luggage. Um, but as far as the Fusion bags go, they come with, um, you know, so many pockets. Uh, they also have these Fuse-On backpacks. And actually, let me see if I can grab mine over here and I can show you. Because it's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I have <laughs> I have the fusion uh, case here, and this contains obviously my UK is still inside. Um, so yeah, there's massive pack uh, pocket here in the front. There's a pocket on the top, and then there's also these uh, hook things on the front of the case itself where you can put their small backpack and attach ah, it. Cool. So it just goes through the loop and uh, yeah, so it can hook right on the front. So if you have stuff that you just want to throw in, that's not going to fit in that one pocket alone, then you can do that. That's cool because if you connect it to your case, mm -hmm. it's considered just one luggage. Which right? yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That is so smart. Uh, oh, so yeah, I didn't know you had your uke right there. Why don't you show off that beautiful Kanye ukulele? I would love to show up, show it off. There you go, show off. <laughs> I'm glad Brittany is here to talk about cases because I think we still use the like the cardboard with like the fall <laughs> leather, leather, right? So it's like, yeah. whoa, why, why, are you gonna, why are you gonna, <laughs> why are you gonna tell about our secrets? Whoa, so this is the KPAT Premium, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm so in. Yeah, I'm so in love with this. Uh, with this uke. Oof. Yeah, and this is just think, the premium and like, the koa looks close this your nice. eyes. Pick uh, pick any like set of koa, mm -hmm. and it's gonna look that gorgeous. Yeah. You know, like, they have to cut it in the factory. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. So, uh, another question, guy. Uh, I gotta find one. I gotta scroll back. <laughs> I think uh, somebody asked, "Who is your favorite artist?" Ooh, who's your favorite Ooh. artist? Aldrin. Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, let's get the obvious. Answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I I don't know if I have a favorite. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, let's it's do really like ukulele and non ukulele okay. artists. How about that? Yeah. Okay, favorite ukulele artist. I'm just not gonna answer that because I don't I don't wanna. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. It's really hard because I love everybody. Um, yeah, Kalei would get his feelings hurt if he said El Dream. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, nah. <laughs> his his uh, ego is already bruised yeah. by the Mario Kart. It's okay if, <laughs> if we get Kalei uh, back in the group, then you know I, I'm a professional last placer, so it's fine. <laughs> you were second last night on the last on the last race. Last few races, I was like, "Whoa, snap, Baby Park." BP, BP, that's that's my favorite too because that's yeah. the only one I have a chance at. Yeah, yeah. drift one it's direction. Really it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so non ukulele favorite artist. Yeah. Um, you know, even honestly, that's going to be hard to decide on uh, just because there's so many different genres that I I love. Um, if I had to could just kind of like pick three uh, of my main favorite genres of music. Um, for guitar, I would say Orianti. Um, for like rock guitar, uh, pop stuff, Charlie Puth. Um, and electronic music, Above and Beyond. Nice. Yeah, so speaking of electronic music and stuff, like you've been really branching out. I've, I've been loving mm -hmm. your collabs and stuff with, with electronic music. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, it's it's. It's been a lot of fun just like throwing my uke into things that, you know, <laughs> that you don't expect it to be in. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, one of the first experiments that I did was uh, doing a uke part uh, to uh, flight, no, above and beyond, not above and beyond, can't think today, or talk. Um, <laughs> uh, Adventure Club's remix of Flight Facilities Crave You. And that was like a okay. huge song in maybe like 2012, 2013. So I think in 2015 is when I recorded just, you know, throwing my uke into it and I released it. And that song has had, I want to say, almost 300 million plays on Pandora. Oh. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy for a while there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. And I feel like trance music specifically helps. It, there's so much emotion that comes through, even with electronic music you know, instruments. Mm. And yeah. so now I have all this space to kind of, you know, do the same thing and convey the same emotion with a real one. Mm. And so it's, it's fun working the production where I can still have the essence of, you know, trance music, but not be filled up too much where it clashes with the ink. So. Mm. So, well, tell us a little bit about production. So a lot of, you know, let, let's, let's look at it this way. Um, if, for for the people who want to start getting into it, like what's what's something that they can do, and for the people who are kind of into it already, what's something more that they can do, like as far as hmm. music production okay. with the ukulele goes? Yeah. Okay, so I think the first thing is to understand, um, to understand sound from a recording perspective. You know, learn the room that you're in. Uh, learn what parts of the room echo more than they should. Learn how mm. to. Uh, place your mics and properly mic your uke so it's not going to sound, um, you know, too far away or too thin. Um, yeah, I think things like that, because, you know, honestly, you really don't need any fancy equipment. And some of the compliments that I've had from my earlier stuff, you know, from like, you know, the engineers that that mix like Bruno Mars and Kendrick Lamar and all those people, um, I recorded those parts with, you know, really cheap Rode NT1 mic. And oh. they're like, what, what mic did you use? I'm like, the Rode NT1. No way. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's really just about learning how to properly use what you have. And you don't need to be in a fancy studio and have, you know, 100% sound treated, you know, expensive material on your walls and on your ceiling. It's just about learning that. So some of the resources that I've used, you know, there's endless resources on YouTube. Um, mm. As far as getting started, like on the computer, uh, Logic Pro is like the best place to start um, when it comes to, you know, recording, you know, digitally. So there's that. Uh, Puremix.net is another really good resource. Uh, you can purchase a subscri subscription to that. And yeah, it's just like content put out by really famous engineers. So. Nice. There's I, 
I've noticed there's a lot of names that she's just, she's she's been dropping this this whole time. You know? <laughs> Kendrick Lamar, oh, but like, Lamar is now like, adding on to like the Carlos <laughs> Santana, the Michael McDonald's no. going out. So excuse me, you, you dropped this. <laughs> excuse me, you dropped this. Uh, excuse me, you drop all these names. Uh, you wanna pick it up? Sorry, it's a seven. <laughs> They're all over oh. the floor. <laughs> uh, I, I just tripped over a, a Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So, like, uh, you know, I, I've seen, like, videos of you on stage with all these amazing musicians and stuff. I would, I would just freeze up, okay, if, if I'm, like, say, standing next to Carlos Santana, you know? Like, I would just, I wouldn't know what to do, you know? I would turn right back to level one beginner if, if, if I was on that same stage. How, how do you, you know, how do you deal with something like that? And how do you be on stage and, and, uh, and just kind of carry yourself the way that you carry yourself? Um, next to these legends? Um, okay, honestly, the most intimidating performance was with Tommy Emmanuel, not Carlos Santana. Because mm. mm, okay. <laughs> I was very familiar with the way Carlos plays and, you know, the patterns mm. that he that he does when he's playing because I listen to his music so mm. much. But with Tommy, with, with Tommy, he was so unpredictable. And I knew he was unpredictable with how he plays and he could play something super slow and then just like a hundred notes in your four, four beat measure. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to keep up with this? So uh, he decided to, to play uh, working man blues. Was it working man blues? Yeah. I believe that was a, a song that we, we did at the California world fest, but yeah, that song, like I, I think, I had no idea what he was going to do for the intro, honestly. So I knew that I just had to keep up. <laughs> so <laughs> however fast his, his part, we did like this volleying back and forth thing. So yeah, yeah. however Aww. fast his part was, I had to make sure it sounded <laughs> almost as fast. <laughs> so I, that's honestly what I, what I did, but I don't remember, you know, being there and like just being in the moment because I'm not mm -hmm. focusing on being in the moment. And same, same with, ah. you know, performing with Carlos. I don't remember mm -hmm. anything of being there. I can see the videos and I remember how, how I felt after, but just like in that particular moment, it was yeah, a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's legendary. I think if I was that, I would like just grab the tambourine instead and play as fast as I can. And I think that's the only way that I'll play that fast, like Tommy Emmanuel, you know? And what I love about her answer is that I'm like, it's Carlos Santana, it's Tommy Emmanuel. It's like Tommy and Carlos, like first name basis. Love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so casual. All right, Kahai, uh, question from the audience. Uh, Steve asked, uh, is Brittany playing live in Hawaii anywhere? Uh -huh. Good question. Ooh, um, I... I don't know. Usually, um, usually live stuff I do now is uh, typically with one of my really good friends, Chardonnay. She's a re uh, reggae singer. And so I play ukulele for her acoustic band. So we're usually out doing our own thing uh, with that. I don't have a regular gig here on Oahu. So yeah, my schedule is really, uh, really unpredictable. Um, I may have something. So the best thing to do is just uh, you know check my website for updates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's, so she's like playing Mario Kart with us and stuff. It's like, oh, I have a gig like the next day or whatever. Like, oh, okay, she is unpredictable. But then what was funny is, uh, it, you know, this 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 past week she had like a like a high session shoot, right? Mm -hmm. she had a high session shoot, right? And she was playing Mario Kart with us, and none of us knew that she had like a well, like a fracture like on your on your finger or something. Yeah, there's a fracture in and my middle finger. I'm supposed to have it splinted gosh. right now, but I'm not because I need my hands. <laughs> How are you playing Mario Kart with it? You should be like resting your hands because you have like, you know, you have a, a show the next day, like a taping. And like, and a taping is not something that like lasts like 15, 20 minutes, mm -hmm. you know? Like that's, that's a, that's an hour, like at the least, kind, you know, kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. were you, were you scared at all by your finger? I, I mean, there's really nothing I can do. Uh, mm -hmm. The way that it happened rest. was completely. That's, that's something. <laughs> I, I can't rest. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to take off the splint and deal with the pain. I'll die after. It's okay. <laughs> so playing Mario Kart, it's it's honestly like I had to splint, you know, my finger in the splint. So it's like turning and I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, hold on. That's that's why. See, yeah. she, she gave us, and she she gave gave us the handicap. Still second place. Still second place. <laughs> that's <laughs> mad respect. I try. Baby, I... that strategic baby park because you have a splint, that is, that is. 
thinking that is chess right there thinking five steps ahead right there yeah yeah you got it you got it i love that chorus because it's one you're going one direction and you're drifting and unfortunately when i drift you know toward the right it's like the easiest one drifting to the left i'm always like missing the turn so it's (laughs) it's easy (laughs) <laughs> she she says you know like she's she's the uh she's resident last place and stuff which you know uh she just started kind of playing but in reality she would smoke all of us in an actual race <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right right you're, you're like you're you're a racer you've done, you've done drag racing mm-hmm. and stuff and you've done like all this kind of cool like car like tuning uh-huh. things right like yeah real, yeah, yeah real I've, I've done real real <laughs> racing before so I, I did drag racing for a while and then i did autocross which is basically mm. like mario kart in Crazy. real life <laughs> so i miss those days it's it was it was a lot of fun so hopefully i get to mm. be back in it at some point uh the problem mm. is just uh you know cars it's a money pit when you get into it modifications is. so <laughs> yeah. she could actually smoke us yeah. <laughs> Is there a go-kart track on Oahu? Oh, and do what? we need to take you guys there? Like, do we need to take <laughs> your crew there? There, there used to be. Uh, there was K1 here in Kapolei, mm. but they closed mm. during the pandemic or from the pandemic. So, oh, that, yeah. man. But I believe there's still autocross at Aloha Stadium every month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm sure there's, next, there's a go-kart track time. somewhere. Yeah, next time we're all like in the same festival on the mainland or something, we gotta like look up a, a <laughs> yeah. kart racing place, and we just gotta have real life Mario Kart with with all these ukulele players. I'm totally stuff. down. The... We need to go to Japan and do the the actual Mario the Kart. Actual, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the Mario, yes, yeah. Yes. Aaron got his like Japanese driver's license just to do that. <laughs> yeah, but then nobody else that came with me did, so we didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah, so for the, for the viewers who don't know, like it's not it's a not so secret because I we post about it all the time mm-hmm. on Instagram. And so there's myself, there's Brittany, there's Craig and Sarah in yep. that in that uh, Mario Kart group. There's Sammy Turton from uh, from the UK. Mm-hmm. Also, Mark Gallagher joined us recently. Biggie. Um, yeah, there's there's Vig, uh, Jiggy with <laughs> nice. Vicky. Yeah. There's Ukuleni. There's Abe uh, Lagrimus Jr. There's uh, there's Cynthia. There's uh, Andrew Molina. It's, it's yeah. Andrew Molina. It's a fun group. <laughs> Those are the names that we can drop. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 okay. It's very casual for me to drop an Andrew Molina and drop a Cynthia Lynn every now and then. You know, it's some in in some circles. Those are those are big names. But I'm not dropping like a Carlos or a Tommy, like a first name yeah. <laughs> Carlos. Like we know which Carlos she's talking about, and it's not like Carlos down you know down the road. <laughs> But actually, he lives on Kauai, so he might just be down the road from us. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. So, just to um, casually drive past. <laughs> just the, the, the swagger right now on Brittany Pie, but that very clean white hood you got on, tell us about that. So this is, uh, well, this is actually the first prototype of it. This is, uh, this part is actually blue, but this is my new merch, uh, Eat, Sleep, Ukulele, Repeat. And... Oof. All of this is available on my website, and uh, my girlfriend makes everything. She prints everything herself, and it mm-hmm. comes from here. So, yeah. And then I also so actually what, just... What, what other stuff you got? I just put this up on my website last night. This is my personal bound copy of it, uh, but the individual pages yeah. are available for uh, for download on my web- website store. But this is the Ukulele Players Practice Planner. Amazing. And uh, so you can get all of the pages. Uh, there's, I think, four pages that I have up there. Uh, the weekly pr- practice planner, the weekly gratitude journal, the monthly planner, which is blank, so you can circle and put in the dates, and uh, blank tab sheets as well. They're Amazing. also in the back, yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah, that's like one of those things. It's like it's like a sticky note. We're like, oh yeah, that that makes sense. That you would you would create something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe it took till twenty twenty three for somebody to <laughs> yeah. make an ukulele planner. That's amazing. I mean, get it now, everyone. Well, what's the website? Uh, BrittanyPiva dot com is my Brittany website. Yeah. com. I think it's so, in the description below too. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yes. We'll definitely have it in the description below. Yeah. That and some and some crisp merch like that. Mm-hmm. Like it. it 
I don't know if I could ever pull off a white hoodie, but she's she's pulling that <laughs> off. It's the purple background. It's not me. Hot, hot dang. <laughs> no, crisp. Yeah. Knowing us, we'd have a white hoodie with barbecue sauce all over it, right? <laughs> no. when, when she makes her merch, it's like that eat, sleep, ukulele, repeat and stuff. When I make my merch, I made this, I made this shirt. I don't know if, it, if you saw my shirt. The Aloha Swim Team shirt. <laughs> I think you're missing so an arm on that on that swimming person. <laughs> oh, it's, it's underneath the water. <laughs> no, like an extra or, arm. Four legs. So <laughs> yeah, four legs. Yeah. No, under the water. It's, it's, the not... original the original idea was was a teenage mutant ninja turtle, but I didn't want to get sued. <laughs> I wanted to get a ninja turtle, and that was the Alawai swim. <laughs> But Love yeah, it. so she got crisp, you know, merch, and I got this like funny Alawai shirt. <laughs> it's going <laughs> on right now. <laughs> I love it. Shout, shout out to my wife who made this shirt on, uh, at home. <laughs> but okay, uh, Kahai, more questions from the audience. Yeah, uh, SF Love yeah. Boat Cruising asked, "How do you create songs?" Hmm. Ooh, it actually really depends on, you know, whether I'm writing for myself or writing with other people. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think uh, if I'm writing for myself, then I could either start with like a melody first. I could start with some chords. Uh, you know, once I kind of decide what I'm starting with, I'm going to write like the chorus first and then build after that. Um, if I'm writing with other people, then I'm going to start with their lyrics first and I'll read through their their lyrics. It's almost, you know, kind of like poetry. So I'll read through it and then I'll, I'll hmm. sort of draw through the emotion that I'm, you know, getting from reading their lyrics and then I start building the song from that. Nice. <clears throat> so as far as, uh, as as writing on the ukulele, um, any like any favorite keys you like to play it? <laughs> um, you know, honestly, E flat <laughs> is one of my favorite Whoa, keys. <laughs> Nobody lot. likes E flat. <laughs> e flat and B flat are like the worst to play in. Um, I think just because like you don't hear like you hear mostly F, C mm -hmm. and G, you know, you don't yeah, hear yeah. anything else. So when there's E flat in there, it just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, opens up this whole different sonic mm -hmm. uh, mindset, right. you know, mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I, I agree with you because um, Senor Victor is an F minor, which is an E flat relative, mm -hmm. you know, like right. so I, I love that sound. Um, I actually, my favorites are F, F minor in, in, in a minor key and B flat in, mm -hmm. in a major key. Just because I, I, um, I started out playing clarinets and to me, like sonically just is so similar mm -hmm. that I love like playing in, in, in B flat or writing like um, major songs and happy sounding kind of songs. Mm -hmm. Like just thinking about right. what clarinet lines that, that I would do in there. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. So I ask people like, what's your, what's your favorite key? <laughs> 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 All right, Kai, another question. Yeah, uh, that's like... <laughs> Playing in the keys that nobody else does is like uh, thinking five steps ahead, chess again. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I'm, I'm going to get the, the ground that nobody else does. <laughs> uh, let me find this. Okay, uh, so Ritesh said, uh, Herb Ota Sr. has such amazing songs, but hard to find notation for it. Any advice? Um, I think maybe if you can send Herb Jr. a message. He might have, uh, you know, more insight for that. Um, the songs that I've learned from uh, from Ultasan have all been by ear. So, um, yeah, it's 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 extremely hard to find, you know, accurate tabs for his music. So I think, yeah, messaging Herb Jr. would probably be a the best idea. Um, here's here's a question for me because so going back to the to the planner that, that you have, the ukulele mm -hmm. planner and stuff. So. For for you, what what is your best advice to to like to an ukulele player wanting to plan out like their month? You know, as far as like I'm gonna like what are the things that I need to practice this month in order to get the best out of you know out of uh, my practice time with my ukulele? Um, I would say make make it a goal to to not just memorize your fretboard, but also memorize it in in. Uh, you know what notes are where but also uh physically as well um mm. you want that muscle memory in your hand to uh tell you where you are on the fretboard what notes you're going to be over and so like if i had to pick up my uke just like this i know like i'm going to be here and that's mm. you know 
that's that. But you, you want to be able to feel, you know, and this is just something that comes through practice, feel the thickness and the increasing uh, width of the ukulele's neck all the way up. You want to be able to feel that, and that's going to tell you what part of the neck that you're at, what frets you're mm -hmm. around, and, you know, what shapes of the chords, you know, you can use. So, like, you know, this is F. Uh, if your index is over five, that's F, you know? Mm, oh, so kind of positions and stuff. Yeah, using using that as, you know, to help you know what position comes next, I guess. Nice, nice. Great advice. Um, so, like, how, how long would you, you know, uh, would you recommend somebody to practice, say, like, a day? Like, how long a day? Because some people are like, man, I've been practicing for, like, five, hour, five hours a day and I'm still not getting as good as Brittany or whatever, you know? Like, so what, mm. what's, what do you think is, is a good amount of time? Where it's not crazy long, but it's not, like, ten minutes either, you know? I would say practice as, as long as you feel like it, um, as mm. long as you're not having any pain in your hand. So if you want to practice for eight hours and you're you're okay with that, do by all means do that. But always aim for clean notes. That's something I tell everyone is aim for clean notes, no buzzes, no fart notes. That's like your should be your number one goal through whatever you practice throughout the day. So even if you've learned a song and can play it from top to bottom, there's always gonna be little things in there that you can improve on. Ah, I love that. Fart notes. Right, no, it's, I um, <clears throat> it's we, a great uh, name for it. <laughs> we recently did a um, uh, the thing that you did with Craig and Sarah. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know if the, that's like a thing, but we did we did one you know mm -hmm. with them as well that that's gonna come out soon. And um, and me and Aaron were like, oh, let's play you know let's play a song that we don't normally play. So I pulled one from like from from an al uh, album that I did that like that I haven't played in a long time, and I'm pretty sure I farted my way through like. <laughs> three, four minutes of that whole song. <laughs> and then uh, Craig, like, Craig and Sarah are like, oh, do you want to do that again? I'm like, nah, keep the farts in. <laughs> it just shows we're human. And it's like, when, when, pe when it comes out, people are like, yeah, that's 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 the one, that's a track that I, that I, that I skip. In the video. <laughs> <laughs> the dude just farts all over it. But it's real. We're real, baby. It's real. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that's a great way to, to you know, to, to do it because, um, as as like a as a young ukulele player, I just wanted to play as fast as possible and mm -hmm. as like you know as many notes as possible. But that's something that I never thought about until I got you know I got older and I got more mature. It's like maybe let that note breathe, you know, like <laughs> don't, and don't like you know approach it with just with just whatever you know like approach it with with the right. respect that you would with you know with any like beautiful chord that you'd see mm -hmm. like, and you know each note could be like a symphony, you know. So a great, great, great advice. Just because right, right. the, the sooner people realize that, I think the, the sooner that you'll be a better player. Right. And, you know, there, there's a lot like, you know, kind of what you're saying, like ending a, ending a song in, in the, the chord of uh, B flat major seven, which is, you know, three, yeah. two, one, open. You know, you could just end it like that, or you could that. Yes, yes. You know, That's what Attack of Dog about. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We heard it. We just heard it, everybody. That's it. And That's it's the it. exact I'm same so thing, jealous. you know, just approach very differently and, you know, just taking your time through that last chord and let each string right. just kind of have its moment. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, next question. Uh, Andre said, uh, Brittany, do you use a looping station? Are there a few simple tips for using loopers or other pedal boards? Definitely. Um, so I was using the Boss ME70 for the longest time, and then finally it died like at the end of last year. <laughs> so I was super sad because that was my favorite. Um, mm -hmm. But I use the Boss R or yeah Boss RC5 right now. Um, mm -hmm. So I think in terms of like tips to using loopers. The most important one that I can stress to everyone is practice with a metronome. Because when you start and stop your looper, it has to be at the exact same time. Yep. But what if your metronome's wrong? Like my metronome's <laughs> always I'm, I'm right. My metronome's wrong. <laughs> um, I've gone through five metronomes already, and they're all wrong. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you could do, like, you know, all these different uh, metric, you know, things. Mm -hmm. uh, four and a half over four <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, start, you, you have to start it on beat one and stop it on beat one of the next measure, you know. Um, and the only way to do that is practicing with the metronome, knowing 
where you are within your your beats itself and um, practicing that hand and foot coordination you know accenting that down that's gonna help your mm -hmm. foot press that that button so it's almost like you're using that force of that accent ah. from to help your foot <laughs> oh that's yeah. great Great advice. Uh, I'm learning so much. It's like you, you have to play not farty notes. I've been playing farty <laughs> notes all this time. <laughs> so gassy when I play the cool notes. All you have to do is just not. I've been yeah. I've been starting on the upbeat uh, after one and ending on like the downbeat of three, and it doesn't come out. I don't know uh, what's going on. Uh, oh man, it gives a whole new meaning to ukulele gas or classical gas. You know, like, oh, this yeah, is yeah, true. My way through this song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, any last minute questions, Kai, before we kind of wrap things up here? Uh, let me check. But uh, do you, uh, is there anything you want to promote, Brittany? Or yeah. is there anything that people can find you or anything uh, coming up? Yeah, I'm, I'm still working on my next album. So, <laughs> you know, uh, so I'm doing that. Um, I have, you know, I'm always posting things on social media. So uh, there's, you know, Facebook, which is uh, Brittany Private Music. Um, my Instagram is at I am Brittany Piva. My website is BrittanyPiva.com. And then, uh, yeah, we're always making new merch too. So there's going to be new designs coming out in a couple weeks as well. So, yeah. Nice, nice. And um, let's see. So, hmm, okay. <laughs> I was like, what, should I talk about that? Should I talk about this? Other thing, there's so much questions that, uh, that I would love to ask you still. And we have like five minutes left or whatever. So one of the, one of the things I want to ask before we go, before I forget, a lot of people, um, you know, have, have asked me the same question. Like if, if I can't grow, say my, you love, you know, using thumb picks, mm -hmm. you know, and I've, I've seen you use thumb picks from, from like the very beginning of your career. Mm -hmm. um, I use thumb picks whenever my thumbnail breaks mm -hmm. and, and I think they're they're fabulous and stuff. What's your best advice to those people who are like, should I, you know, should I use a thumb pick? Should I grow out my, you know, my, my thumbnail? What are the advantages? What are the disadvantage? Mm -hmm. Go. Um, okay. The disadvantage of using a thumb pick or, or any type of pick is that you can't feel the string. So you have to mm. practice and figure out like what's the distance that your hand needs to be at so that you can, you know, pick the string, um, you know, and, and get like the right tone um for me when i'm using a thumb pick i'm not gonna i'm gonna definitely avoid you know picking downward like this because i'm gonna get you know this clacky sound i'd rather pick out you know let me see i'd rather pick out like this rather than down like that so that's gonna get a better tone um yeah, so I think it just takes practice, you know, if you want to use a thumb pick. Uh, using the thumbnail, you get a very, uh, very fat tone from, which from plastic you don't. So there's that. And you can also alternate, you know, using your thumbnail or flesh if you choose to. Um, for me personally, I've been kind of uh, going back and forth between using a thumb pick and using just, just my thumb by itself. Um, I don't have a thumbnail. Um, but for the slower songs, I've been really just trying to harness that mellow flesh tone um, from my thumb. So, yeah, I've been kind of kind of doing that. And then the fast stuff, uh, I will, of course, use the thumb pick so that I get an even tone between my index fingernail and my thumb. Mm -hmm. So if, if you had a choice with or without thumb pick, if you could only choose one. <laughs> the other one dies. <laughs> okay, without. <laughs> without thumb yeah. pick? Oh, nice. Cause, uh, cause I've never, uh, I've, I've always known you like to, to use the, you know, the thumb mm -hmm. pick and, and I've, I've said this in a lot of the podcasts and stuff. It is it, exactly what you said. Plastic on plastic is just, you know, mm -hmm. one of those tones that it's so jarring sometimes. If you get it wrong, it, it's like, it's very, mm -hmm. very aggressive, you know? Right. So players like you, players like Herb Ulta Jr., like you guys have somehow like found a way to make these thumb picks work because I've, like I said, I use thumping whenever my, my nail uh -huh. breaks and it's just quackity quack, you know, I'm, I'm quacking, I'm, I'm, I'm farting all over my <laughs> Well, that, that's the secret just... is to pick out and, instead of down. Mm, yeah. I, I'm going to try that. I honestly, I'm going to try that. <laughs> I, I figured it out. You yeah. grow out your left thumb and you grow it out super long, then yeah. you cut it off. And you super glue it onto the thumb pick. That's it. So, so it you gets always the have tone. a second thumb pick. Yes. Yes. Genius. Uh oh. Let Genius. me know how that goes. 
<laughs> no, and then you glue it to the thumb pick. The thumb pick is not plastic on plastic. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. actually your nail mm -hmm. on the thumb pick. Genius guy. If you can, if you can, <laughs> you should go and uh, and like create. You know, like how they have synthetic bone material, synthetic nail material <laughs> for picks. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, genius guy. Nobody steal that idea. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. I, I gotta go start my Fortune 500 company. Um, I'll see you guys it's later. It's like how ma magicians have fake thumbs, the, the thumb tip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you 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 uh you glue it onto the thumb tip itself. Yeah. Too. yeah. Double thumbs. Oh, oh snap. Oh, okay. Oh, All man. Right, so, Akaha, any last minute questions before we go? Uh, okay. Uh, Susan said, "Do you get nervous when playing for an audience?" Um. Not anymore. I think I think the most nervous I've ever been was when I played with uh, Carlos Santana because it was a sold out crowd of a twenty thousand people. So that was like the Oof. most nervous I've ever been. But you know, just over time, you you learn to grow out of the nerves. And you know, during the or after after the pandemic, when all the performances resumed, that's when a lot of us were actually like, you know, we did have jitters right before our shows. So mm. yeah, not not anymore. I think it's kind of like a you know. I'm used to it, I guess, you know. <laughs> Any advice to people who are nervous, aka me? <laughs> <laughs> Defin definitely. Um, don't think about how many people are out there. Don't think about making mistakes mm -hmm. because you will make mistakes when you do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, once you walk out onto that stage, find one person and play to them. And that'll just kind of like, you know, creating yeah. that little mental bubble for yourself will help you, mm -hmm. you know, forget that you're playing to 20,000 people. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to disappoint the twenty people that came to see me. So, like, I, that's <laughs> I, I got. I got to remember that advice. No, actually, I, I do the same thing. Like, play for either one person or one table. If, if you know, like, right. if it's like a like a table of, of people. If I play at a lot of bars and stuff, I'm like that that one right there. Mm -hmm. Especially if they look like they're not having fun, you know, I'm like <laughs> that one. If I can get them to clap. And that's it. My my night would be fine. <laughs> it's uh -huh. always that, and it's it's concentrating on that one person. Great, great, great advice. Mm -hmm. So, um. Once again, uh, thank you so much, Brittany Paiva, for uh, for being our guest. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having me. We gotta have you back. Gotta have you back. And yes, not, we gotta do the figgy pudding. For this spam. Amazing figgy pudding. You wanna do that? <laughs> and just log in for like ten minutes and eat some figgy pudding spam with us. I'm down. Next week. Yep. All right. Let's let's, let's, let's make it. that happen. Brittany Paiva coming back. Two in a row. We haven't had you in 15 years, and all of a sudden, two weeks, bam, twice in a row. Yes. <laughs> but thank you. Such a kind soul, such a kind heart. Thank you very much. My Mario Kart sister, once again, Brittany Paiva, everyone. Thank you, guys. Congratulations on all your success. Looking forward to everything that you do in the future and looking forward to, you know, to, to working with you and seeing you as a Kanilea artist. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm okay? really excited. All right, everyone, that's, uh, that's our Ukulele on the Ground podcast for this week. Uh, thank you, Brittany Paiva. We'll see you folks next time. Have a great one. Uh, after this, UU Plus subscribers, we have uh, live coaching. I'll see you there. Aloha.